Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast, a little bit of an impromptu edition of the Royal Blue Podcast. We weren't planning to uh, record the podcast today, but then the football and world kind of imploded on itself on Sunday evening, so uh, we've, been, we've been forced into action. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Jones, joined today by Phil Kirkbride, Dave Prentice and Chris Beasley. And obviously, the main topic of conversation is going to be the Super League uh, chat, which obviously was announced on Sunday evening. Six clubs from the Premier League, three clubs from La Liga and three clubs from Serie A, all announcing their plans to create a new competition called the Super League. And it's been met with... Quite a quite vociferous response, I'd say, from fans, pundits, politicians, governing bodies, everybody involved. But Phil, we'll start with you. Uh, we're here, obviously, because of Everton's response to uh, to the news on Sunday evening. They've released a pretty pretty strong statement this morning, didn't they? Very strong for Everton, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. I think I think when we were sort of told that it was likely that a statement would be coming from Everton at some point today on the back of um, this Premier League meeting, which is probably finished, I guess. Now, as as we record, it started at 11am, didn't it? Um, the feeling was at that stage that a statement would be in line with what all 14 of the other clubs were saying, and it was very good be much a, a united front type of statement no problem with that and and I didn't really have any major issue with Everton not putting their head above the parapet at that stage if that's that's the way it was going to go um so surprised and pleasantly surprised to get a, a message at just after nine o'clock this morning saying there's a statement coming your way um we'll let you we'll let you know and then even happier to see the content um Strong doesn't really sort of do it justice, does it? It was, mm. it was both barrels to the six, wasn't it? Really was. Um, I don't think they could have used any firmer language. Um, the six clubs, and I, and I say six clubs, and, and obviously, and I, you know, it's the people at the top of the six clubs, in, and, and it's no, it's not the, it's not the players, it's not the fans, it's not the managers, uh, but the, for the people at the top of those six clubs, they can be left in no uncertain terms as to how Everton feel and Everton's strength of statements and, 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 and their furied anger, disgust that came off the page of the statements um, will not be lost on anybody. And I think they spoke for not just Evertonians, but for everybody in football who is opposed to this odious plan. Um, and I was, I was, mightily impressed because as I said I wasn't expecting it and I think at times the football club um, over many years sometimes perhaps don't speak out don't, don't use their individual position if you like and perhaps uh, you know do want to uh, 
perform a united front and perhaps just go with the with the greater cause and, and you know look that i'm sure they have reasons for that over different things but today they came out on their own and just gave gave the six both barrels and uh, i thought it was really really impressive mm. i know i mean I'll, I'll read a little short extract from the uh, from the everton statement just in case anyone hasn't seen it uh, Everton is saddened and disappointed to see proposals of a breakaway league pushed forward by six clubs. Six clubs acting entirely in their own interests. Six clubs tarnishing the reputation of our league and the game. Six clubs choosing to disrespect every other club who may sit around the Premier League table. Six clubs taking for granted and even betraying the majority of football supporters across our country and beyond. He went on to say that uh, these six clubs have uh, shown a preposterous arrogance as well, which I think was probably the highlight for me of the statement. <laughs> as Phil says there, Brenner, like, it's strong probably doesn't even cover it, does it? No, I mean, sometimes the, the Everton board can be seen to be too proper sometimes and are very, very keen to see to do things you know, so in a very dignified and a very correct fashion, which is laudable. But in a situation like this, which is unprecedented, you know, so in all our, you know, so football watching days, I mean, people have referenced the Premier League, you know, coming into being in 1992. This is nothing like that. This is like, you know, so completely different to game. Um, I think these circumstances warranted something as strong as that. Now, I know Everton have referenced six clubs, six clubs, six clubs. But I think what's absolutely key to this is that we share a city with one of those football clubs. And so for Everton, to have been as strong and as firm as they have in the knowledge that one of those football clubs literally is half a mile across Stanley Park is absolutely key. Now, there's been no great affection between the football clubs for a long time now. I mean, there was a time, you know, so when the clubs lived hand in hand, they were very, very close. I mean, John Moores was, you know, actually, you know, so had a financial interest in both clubs. I know that wouldn't be allowed nowadays, um, but, you know, so it did happen as recently as the 1960s. And the clubs were close for a long time. That has not been the case recently. Um, I know, you know, some people on the Everton board haven't been hugely impressed with the uh, the way that you know some members of the Liverpool board have you know conducted themselves in certain circumstances. But they've still behaved properly. They've still acted correctly until this moment comes. And I think it just underlines, you know, sort of how damaging Everton believe this will be to the structure of English football. You know, where everybody believes, you know, that it will be. I mean, a lot of clubs have spoken out. I mean, Fulham made a statement this morning. Uh, other clubs have. But for Everton to make this statement, which actually involves one of their neighbours, you know, so and a club very, very close to us, I think is hugely significant. And to me, entirely warranted. I, I felt pride uh, in Everton Football Club when I saw that. I thought it was absolutely the right thing to say. And it was uh, it needed to be as strong as it was. And from what I've seen on social media, um, you know, it seems that it's been very, very well received by, you know, sort of the large proportion of the Everton fan base as well. So, yeah, you know, so fair play to Everton, you know, so absolutely commend them, you know, so for a statement as strong as that. And, uh, you know, so hopefully when we hear what's come out of the Premier League meeting today, you know, so they'll be supported by everybody else within that meeting, as I'm sure they will be. And Bees, you know, Phil wrote a piece a short while ago about uh, about Everton's reaction to this and mm -hmm. Farhad Majidi's reaction to it, which we'll get on to in a little bit. But I think the most like interesting bit from that piece is that, you know, the timing of this, statement is what sprung out to me you know it it could have been easy for Everton to have just sat back and you know as Phil said earlier just wait and you know release release a joint statement with the other 14 yeah. Premier League clubs and that would have been fine and nobody would have asked an eyelid but you know for Everton to come out so strongly this morning shows just how much anger that the club have, have held over over these issues isn't it 
Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you say they got a preemptive strike, and they they could have they could have waited, and could have come out just as strong as if afterwards. But like you say, before the meeting had actually taken place, and we we know that um, the club's chief executive, um, Professor Denise Baxendale, was supposed to be um, a, a strong voice in that meeting. So we'll wait to see what what comes out of that. But yeah, I don't. It's 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 really taken everyone by surprise, isn't it? You wonder whether. And um, the people in the corridors of power at Goodison Park knew about this, you know, much um, further down the line before the, the rest of us found found out on on Sunday. But what st- struck me has been the, with the universal condemnation of it, or like we say, parallels to the creation of the Premier League. But that, as Dave has alluded to, very different. Um, what this is um, about, um, people have talked about the, the greed from the owners, but it's it's the removal of sports and integrity. Um, whatever changes have taken place over the years, a tweaking of formats, etc. Everyone has always had their place at the table on merit. You know the, the organic promotion and relegation system, which exists throughout um, European sport and in professional football. Yeah, professional football has been about money since day one. I mean, at the end of the day. Liverpool Football Club was created because a Tory businessman wanted to make money. He was left with an empty ground that he wanted to fill. So we, we know all about that and we we expect nothing more from these owners. They, you know, they, they are there for their financial interest, but what they're doing here is not just protecting their their, their own interests, but they're, they're, it's a closed shop, isn't it? And it's, it's removing everyone else and it's deciding who's a member and who isn't. And over no sort of tangible reason why you are a member other than you're one of that, that chosen few. I mean, Everton Football Club is very rightly proud of its its heritage and its its history. It's won more league championships than um, half of those teams in that in that group, Tottenham, Chelsea and um, Manchester City, but they wouldn't expect to be placed anywhere, not on merit. It's where you are in 2021 or any given year, not whether you're chosen to be any part of any exclusive um, private members club. Just sorry to interrupt. I just, I just something I've been thinking about for a couple of days since this came out. The the, the bare faced like front of Tottenham, 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 <laughs> and, and like, yeah, and I, and I feel <laughs> on a very very small part complicit in this. And I think in the media generally we have fallen foul. And I know I've written it too many times for comfort. Now I've talked about a big six, and I think we've accepted that as a phrase. And I think. And look, and, and I know a lot of people listening to this will will have said, no, we'd never liked it. And, and, and I, that's absolutely true. And there's been a lot of people against it. I think I've been guilty of, of just using it, you know, lazily too often. But this 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 idea that a big six was created has worked massively in Spurs' favour. And and you know what? And, and I call it barefaced cheek, and, 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 and it is. But equally, I almost applaud Daniel Levy because he's used it. <laughs> He has used it to the maximum, maximum leverage to get his football club in amongst a group of teams who the other teams have actually won things. Yeah. I think I think what was the last Spurs trophy was a League Cup in two thousand and seven, maybe maybe two thousand and eight. And look, hey, look, we can't we can't poke fun at teams having won not won anything since two thousand and seven. That's not the point. But what I'm saying is, Spurs are no more elite in English football than Everton. No. And yet they're in, and I just, I just laughing to myself that they're in this conversation. So it's just another thing on top of this, this just, as I said, this odious plan. Um, that's just, uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I just, it was just on my mind. I just, I just no. Spurs, just, 
<laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah. quite, it's quite interesting you say that, Phil, because I mean, what, some of the things I've seen levelled at Everton on social media uh, by some fans, only a handful, is that, yeah, but, you know, so if you were invited, you'd be in there as well. You know, so you'd jump at the opportunity of being in there, wouldn't you? And I've replied to a few of these people saying that I don't believe we would. Um, Farhad Mashiri was asked that question directly this morning and he gave a two-word response, never, never. Um, now, okay, you can say we're being a bit naive and saying that, you know, so he hasn't been invited, so therefore he would say that. But I genuinely do believe, uh, you know, so the board of Everson feel as strongly as this about it. They've always done things in the correct fashion. Farhad is surrounded by lifelong Evertonians on that board. Uh, and, you know, so he knows exactly how they feel about, you know, so direction of their football club and how that reputation would be damaged you know so if they weren't involved in anything like this so while daniel levy might be cynical and going for the big power grab and the big money grab and getting his you know sort of his club out there i have faith in you know so the everson board that they wouldn't have uh, accepted this offer had it been invited to them maybe that's me being a little bit naive i don't know uh, but i just think sometimes that you know when football clubs are taken over by foreign owners you lend, leave yourself open to this possibility and i know farhad mashiri is iranian and you know and he was at arsenal initially but equally, you know, he has got a core of, you know, sort of Everson supporters around him. And not many other football clubs can say they have that. And that's important. You know, I really do think it makes a big difference where Everson are concerned. And uh, I'm, I'm quite pleased that we do have, you know, sort of fans, if you like, in inverted commas, at the heart of the football club. Mm. Well, let's talk about Machiri a little bit, uh, Bees. I mean, he talked mm. on talk sport, as, as Preno said there. He said, every fact of it is against the very idea of British football. Football mm -hmm. clubs are community assets. They belong to the fans and to the communities. This takes much of the romance of football away. It's something which makes the game a money game. It's not football anymore. And then he was quite strong in calling for points deductions for all the clubs involved in that as well. And I know that's a very, that's been a very popular uh, idea, not <laughs> on social media, but you, you know, we've seen like to Gary Neville saying that as well, haven't we? You know, but very, very soon after the announcement was made. So. You know, it, again, it's it's just another it's just just another huge official from Everton just making a very very strong and you know pretty pretty just spot on the money statement, isn't it? Yeah, it means he talks about that the financial aspect, but like he he's talking about the uh, the, the sporting aspect, which we've already uh, alluded to. Um, so I know obviously Adam yourself, you attended that um, Everton USA um, function over the weekend, and there's there's a real American flavour to this whole um, concept, really. Um, it, it's maybe it's it's Real Madrid using the American owners to sort of um, get them a new cash cow, but um, it's totally alien to to like say British supporters, European supporters, and probably even I would imagine the sort of sport that Mister Mashiri had grown up with in in, in Iran. Um, it, we have that concept promotion and relegation you move up and down on merits whereas obviously in the in the usa um with be it the, the nfl major league baseball that the liverpool owners are in, involved in it is a closed shop there is no promotion and relegation the minor leagues are, are kept separate and those teams never go up and down i mean some of the teams even move thousands of miles across the country to new cities so they're not ingrained in their community the way that european sports teams are british sports teams are are Whatever else, it, it does feel like these American owners, it, it sits a lot easier with them, whereas to, to us who just grown up with this um, organic system where, you know, teams can go all the way up to the top or fall down to the bottom. It just goes against um, everything we've, we've known in professional football since the start. Mm. You know, going back to Mashidi's comments there, Phil, I mean, you know, points deductions, obviously 
we're recording this before the results of this Premier League meeting have uh, have come out. But you know, points deductions are are just something that's proven. You know, a very popular popular view uh, from all the people that I've talked to about this. Essentially, I mean, I, I feel like personally that that seems like the only way to go. But you know, obviously, there's huge ramifications that come with it, and whether the Premier League go down that route is yet to be seen. But it, it does it does feel like there's a very very much a groundswell for for you know a, a punishments along those lines, doesn't it? Well, the Premier League have got to do something, haven't they? Because if they don't act, um, then it's effectively carte blanche to the six to do as they please. You know, the, you know, and so I don't believe that they that, that, that no action will be taken. I think they'll make some action. Expelling them, relegating them—I think as as Gary Neville had suggested, or sort of something—it feels very extreme, and I think it would be so damaging to the Premier League product, as you so to speak, that that damages the rest of the clubs, I guess, going forward with TV deals and stuff like that. So I don't think that feels a little bit too extreme, but I don't think points deduction should be off the table. I think it should be very much at the top of the discussion because, and I know people are saying, look, we need to think about this calmly and we can't get too emotional over the, over the whole subject. And we need to think about what we're going to do clearly. And, and, and we don't want, you know, mad decisions that may have ramifications, but equally, I, I also think a statement needs to be made. The top six of, Sorry, there's me slipping back into it again. These, <laughs> these six clubs have made a statement of their own by by signing up to this this breakaway league. So it's time that the Premier League, i.e., the fourteen other clubs, issue one back, and that has to be something that means something and has an impact and makes these clubs think again. And points deductions seems like a really sensible option to me and I, and look and I know Farhad caused a bit of a stir when he said that and I know sometimes Farhad can say some some things that are a little bit wild and, and perhaps you know left field but I think I, I think he's on the money I, 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 I think the Premier League have to come out fighting you know and, and I'm hoping that the strength of Everton's statement is indicative of the feeling of the other, other 13 clubs and, and of the Premier League boards in this instance Mm. I mean, obviously, it's not just the Premier League that we've got to consider in this either, is it, Preno? I mean, we've got to consider UEFA as well. A lot of these, a lot of these clubs are going for European qualification next season. Will they be able to play in the Champions League, the Europa League? I mean, it's it's the, the ramifications for what they've done this weekend are just are just mind-boggling, really, aren't they? Like, it seems that every, everywhere you turn, there's like a new. Oh, will will this competition be affected? Will that TV deal be affected? It's just mind-boggling, really, isn't it? It says, yeah, and I would imagine UEFA's response is going to be the most interesting of all because they are the body that is most threatened by this. Um, obviously, the Premier League is threatened, clearly, because, you know, for argument's sake, last night's match, uh, Liverpool against Leeds, Liverpool very, very disappointed to have dropped two points that leaves West Ham in the box seat here for Champions League qualification. Now, in a new European Super League world, that would be meaningless. Be like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're in it anyway. You know, so why do we need to worry? So the Premier League ceases to be. A competitive competition for you know a lot of clubs but uefa you know the, the champions league is looking to be replaced in its entirety by this new competition so i would imagine their response is going to be you know more aggressive uh, more muscular than perhaps anybody i've seen only rumors at the moment that the teams you know so currently involved in the champions league semi-finals who are pitching for this european super league 
could be thrown out and replaced by you know the teams who are beaten in the quarterfinals. You know your Borussia Dortmund, your, your Portos. That's only a rumor at the moment. But I wouldn't rule anything out because you know so UEFA are effectively fighting for their lives, and uh, they've got to try and squash this as quickly as possible. Um, I'm worried about the whole thing. I genuinely am. I mean, I, I listened to Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville last night, who spoke brilliantly again, uh, and they finished almost like on a positive. Like you know, they feel emboldens now that you know if they can manage to persuade one club to break ranks it'll all collapse like a pack of cards i don't know you know so it's obviously you know the, the six clubs involved in english football have thought long and hard about this florentino perez's statements uh, in spain was bizarre but again it underlines you know so how it's financially driven the two spanish clubs have overcommitted you know that they, they are in financial crisis and they need this money uh, as a bailout basically um, you know, they've been bailed out by the government in the past, they'll be on Madrid's half, but you know, they're, they're seeing this as a way of you know, so propping up the football clubs. But UEFA are fighting against all of that, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if their response is really, really aggressive. And you know, obviously, Champions League semi finals due to take place very, very soon, so that could be sooner rather than later. But yeah, Premier League might even you know, sort of second guess that and actually you know, so sort of make take strong action of their own. I wouldn't rule anything out at the moment. These are unprecedented times and there needs to be you know, really, really forceful action. Uh, and, and if they do take forceful action, I would absolutely applaud it. And now it's not the, yeah, the manager's fault, the player's fault, the football club's concerned, but what else can you do? You know, so you need to make those football clubs pay. Uh, and you know, unfortunately, their owners, that's possibly the only language they will listen to, you know, sanctions against them, which hurt them and which damaged them. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Suppose bees what has been heartening in some sense to see across the football and world is the likes of Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, Paris Saint-Germain, I think Porto as well, all announced that they've turned down uh, a, a potential place in this in this Super League. And you, you can only hope that other clubs, whenever they're asked, are going to be able to are going to be able to follow that lead now. Yeah, I mean, obviously we, we've mentioned about Everton and Everton only saying no because they were never going to be asked. But I think that does show that there are teams who would have been there, who would have been asked a question and and have said no. I mean, we've got to consider what this is like for the rest of the, the football um, world. Um, the statement claimed how they, the, the clubs who have signed up for it are still very much committed to the to the Premier League. But I mean, they would say that. I mean, what would happen in the long term? Would they... Would it be a clean break and just become a European Super League? Would that just leave Everton in a rump Premier League? Um, best of the rest, you wonder what the ramifications for that is. On the one hand, might make it a more competitive league um, for Everton. Everton might have a, a much better chance of winning the title again, but it would very much be a, a second-rate competition to what had um, gone and left them um, behind with. I mean, there's obviously the new stadium been proposed. I mean, hopefully the work will begin on that now, finally, this year. And that's all geared up to Everton competing at the highest level, like they have for the vast majority of their existence. And they're not going to want to watch, you know, a, a second-rate league if um, these um, bigger, more uh, resourced clubs are, are, are playing their football elsewhere. Also, you know, Carlo Ancelotti, he's committed to the long term at the club. He's been used to committing it to competing at the very top of the European game for his entire career. So, I mean, where would that leave, leave us all if these um, teams do uh, sail off into the sunset? Mm. I think these are important questions, aren't they, Phil? You know, especially when Bees is saying, you know, if these are to break out into just a league by themselves and leave, leave the rest of the Premier League to go go by their own means. Let's say Everton do win win the Premier League in the in that sort of in that 
uh, hypothetical future you know what would what would that even mean like it, it just wouldn't be the same really would it you know a, a league win you know without six of you know these six you know pretty historical clubs in in, in english football especially in recent years as well like to, to win a league without those in it it just feels a bit it's a, a little bit hollow doesn't it yeah and, and i don't think any any um any fan of the, those six clubs should be under any illusion that we would we would want them to just disappear in the sunset and we have a league without them because if we want success we want to have done it by beating and competing with what is you know the best league in the world and that means the best teams you know that's that's, that's your city united liverpool etc that is including those six clubs you know and i think it would take you know, if those six clubs were to just go off on their own and not be part of a Premier League or, or the top flight in England, you know, it would take a huge cultural shift for for us, you know, for us and other teams to, to, to I guess, to really buy into English football in in its in its reshaped form. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's also a question about what FIFA are going to do, isn't there? And, and f- forgive me, I can't remember what piece I read last night. Um, but there was a, there was a really strong and interesting point where they mentioned, well, FIFA are seemingly trying to expand their World Club Cup, and so it, their their stance on this has got to be interesting because there was a suggestion is that if they come down hard on this European Super League, are they not being hypocritical because they want to try and expand the World Club Cup competition? Um, so I think UEFA. As Pranel mentioned, it's really it's really sort of life and death for them, and I think they need the support of FIFA as well as the Premier League to to to, to be in a strong enough position to resist this. So, I actually, you know, when it, when it was Sunday evening and then into Monday, and I was thinking about it, and I, and my initial reaction was, this is just for leverage, you know, this is just brinkmanship, the timing of it ahead of the UEFA meeting, ahead of these changes they were bringing into the Champions League, it just felt like that level of opportunism. But the more it's rumbled on, the more and more I've just been concerned. But concerned about these these six clubs and the and the other clubs around you are deadly serious. Um, but it's that's got to strengthen the resolve of the rest of football to uh, to stop it in its tracks. Mm. I think Preno Phil brings up an excellent point there about the timing of it. The fact that it's happened midway through a season for me is, is like the most shocking thing. We talked about Liverpool playing against Leeds last night. Well, let's yeah. say Liverpool do go off and create. A super league now. What was the point of them playing against Leeds to you know even 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 try and you know help out their Champions League hopes or you know European football hopes? It was pointless. There was no there was no point, was there? I think the timing is is significant. Um, we're in well, the midst, or hopefully near the end, actually not the midst of a, a worldwide pandemic, which has hit football clubs hard. Um, you know, financially, football clubs have had to tighten their belts significantly across the board. And uh, I don't think Liverpool are in any kind of financial trouble, but they're not making anything like the kind of money that they would be making under normal circumstances. And so this is a pretty cynical way of like plugging that gap. But then equally, they're in empty stadiums, you know, so there is no way that fans can actually uh, do what they did when they tried to introduce £77, you know, so tickets at Anfield and, uh, and protest and leave the ground early. Um, and, you know, ironically, they actually said that time that, you know, they admitted they got it wrong, message understood, you know, so we exist to look after the fans, we are custodians, said all the right things. But clearly they were just talking through their hats, you know, they were just, you know, basically coming out with sound bites because they don't believe that at all, you know, so they're in this to make as much money as they possibly can. 
So, yeah, I think the, uh, the timing was significant. A, the suffering financially. B, this is a way of addressing that. And it's a nice, happy coincidence as well. There was no fans around to tell us that we're wrong. You know, they're wrong in that respect, by the way, as well, because, you know, social media is a very powerful tool these days. And as we saw yesterday with Liverpool supporters, you know, sort of putting banners and flags up outside Anfield, um, they've been taken down now, you know, by, uh, by you know, officials of the football club. But equally, supporters who've got banners around the ground, uh, Spy and Cop 1906, Spirit of Shankly, supporters groups who've actually requested that their flags be taken down inside the ground because they are so appalled and disgusted. I mean, I spoke to um, Bill Shankly's grandson this morning, who's uh, so obsessed that he actually considered asking the club to remove the statue of his granddad from outside the ground because it carries that wonderful message. He made the people happy. And he believes that, you know, what the current owners of uh, the football club are doing flies in the face of, you know, so those values and that kind of ethos. So people are very, very angry, very, very upset. And they can make that point, you know, so in ways that maybe, you know, so the owners didn't think was possible. So, you know, the message will be got across. Whether they listen to it, I don't know. We have to wait and see. Uh, but, yeah, the, the timing, whilst being curious coming midway through a season, I think, probably you can understand why they've done it at this time as well i mean we've been hearing these stories for a long time there's going to be a european super league there's going to be a european super league and, and we just always like you know dismissed it really as being you know a way of just trying to leverage for a little bit more influence on the champions league when it happened it was like wow i wasn't expecting anything quite as big as that and we now need to fight it you know we now need to uh, object to it and you know so resist it you know so with every fiber of our being because you know it it will it will kill football as we know it uh, if they get the that get their way and the and the and the issue is though isn't it? sorry to interrupt <clears throat> the issue here is because football has become so much more of a global game hasn't it and look Everton are trying to expand their international fan base like every club you've got ambitions absolutely no problem with that but because these six clubs. I mean, perhaps less so Spurs, but certainly the other ones, that we, the other five in that, in, in that list, have got global fan bases. This, this says to me they are not bothered about their local fans in the community where they are rooted because this is all about producing a product for TV and they believe that they can still... <clears throat> these games, these Super League games against the same clubs every season will draw in enough of an audience from the fans around the world, whatever part of the world that is, and it doesn't matter about the match-going fan. It doesn't matter about... No, sorry, sorry, Phil, the, the legacy fan, as they've oh, called sorry. it. The legacy <laughs> fan. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. It's just, it's just use of phrases like that. They just get your back up, don't they? Um, yeah. And that's what this is about. Every club wants to expand. Everton are no different. They want to grow their global... Uh, audience and fan base and, and absolutely that's what ambitious football clubs do now because the Premier League is a global appeal but th what the, what these clubs are trying to do is take that with them into this European Super League and say to the other 14 sod you basically and uh, we don't we they're saying we believe the Premier League is based on what we're about not what you're about well sorry two fingers you're not going anywhere Let's stop it now because it's absolutely hideous. And, you know, Preno and I are big boxing fans. And, you know, boxing is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a sport that makes you tear your hair out because it's just, it's, it's riddled with maddening decisions and fights not happening and, and all this sort of stuff. And I was just looking, I was just thinking, oh, yesterday I was thinking, in comparison now, boxing must be laughing its head off at football. Football is meant to be so much more um, 
organised, in line, got its stuff together. And, you know, and it's just, it's become, football's becoming a laughing stock if this goes through. And and it's just, and as Perno says, it, the game as we know it will, will die, won't it? Mm. I mean, fans are at the heart of this, aren't they, Bees? I think, you know, obviously we're, we're catering to Everton fans here, who, mm-hmm. you know, obviously... You know, Everton aren't involved in this in this breakaway, but you know, you do you do have to feel sorry really for the for the supporters of those of those breakaway clubs who you know they weren't consulted about this, they haven't been asked anything about this, and they're going to be the ones that are going to be losing out the most, aren't they? Because you know these clubs are going to be flitting off all around yeah. Europe, playing playing whoever in midweeks every every uh, every week. They're not going to be yeah. playing domestic leagues anymore. They're going to be probably having a few games in America uh, along the line as well. <laughs> They're essentially, their clubs have essentially become franchises at this point, and it's it, it's, it's yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. That's why I think that the uh, you know the whole proposal is actually deeply flawed. It's not just that we all dislike it, and almost like we said, like we're we're jealous not to be part of it, and uh, the, the 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 support. I don't know any supporters of the clubs involved. I mean, primarily that's that's Liverpool supporters who we know, but. We don't know anybody who's who's in favour of this. Like you said, it's not geared up for fans. So hopefully, at some point in the not too distant future, the capacity crowds again. You can't. I mean, it 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 beggars belief. I mean, how how some of these loyal supporters go watching their teams in Europe's you know season in season out anyway. But if if, if you've got all these games across Europe, you're not going to be able to have the away fans there on on a major basis. You can't afford that. So that'll take away from. The atmosphere, and it's almost but like be, as- but bees, it won't matter yeah. to them, will it? Because because yeah. they'll they'll just view it as like another preseason tour. No, yeah. yeah. won't won't so, they? They'll yeah. pack out. They'll pack out these stadiums because they'll go to oh, America. the local fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't matter yeah. to them. And the TV mm. audience, sorry, to, the TV oh. audience will make up for it. Yeah, but yeah, any sort of atmosphere, like we say, with with with, with the fans and the, the, the supporters of, of those individual clubs. I mean. Yeah, they're not for it. It's almost like asking for Christmas every day, isn't it? I mean, Klopp himself has said, you know, you don't want Real Madrid against Liverpool every single season. I mean, when teams have been drawn against each other in Europe a couple of years on the bounce, I mean, it gets tedious anyway. That, that's why the Premier League is such a, a popular product globally anyway, because of that competitiveness and the fact that the team who's bottom of the table on, the, on any given day could beat the top of the table side a lot of divisions across Europe don't necessarily have that or the the excitement level that comes with that and the support so yeah I think it's just deeply flawed on every level the plan so they think it's going to be their their big cash cow and the big savior in the in these times of um, financial uncertainty I don't think it would be necessarily in the long term Mm. and I suppose the hope Preno is that you know I wrote about this yesterday and I think Gary Neville mentioned it as well in his and there's quite powerful messages, but he, like this does kind of just need to be a catalyst for change now, doesn't it? Like, you know, for, let's let's not pretend that football was perfect before the, his, these Super League announcements came in. You know, money has always been the deciding factor. Well, I say always for the last few yeah. years, money, money has been the deciding factor for football, and it shouldn't be. And fans should be at the heart of every single club, and it, it it's just not been the case really, has it? I've seen a few calls for the uh, the Bundesliga model in particular, the fifty plus one. In terms of fan ownership, I mean, is that something that you'd like to see implemented across the board? Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, it's, it's, I can't see it happening. Uh, but yeah, there are definitely lessons to be learned uh, from this. I mean, the Premier League is almost like a, a distilled version, you know, sort of this European Super League. And I'm hesitating when I say this because it's not; it's different in many, many respects. 
And yeah, the Premier League was generated to create money, you know, so to generate more money. But that money was equally shared equally among, or relatively equally amongst, you know, the member groups, you know, the, the, it was 24, was it initially, or 22, then it came down to 20, uh, you know, so Premier League members. Um, and as a result, football now is massively, massively different to football pre-1992. We had very, very dodgy, you know, so archaic stadia um, that resulted in, you know, major tragedies, you know, so within them. Uh, the actual makeup of a football fan is very different now. You know, so back then it was basically young working class lads. You know, you, you wouldn't see very many women at football grounds. Uh, you wouldn't see families, certainly. Uh, and as a result, it was, it was hooliganism was rife. That has changed. That has changed as a result of the money that's come in to the ground and the difference uh, into the Premier League and the different, you know, sort of makeup now uh, of you know, football fans. So it's been good in that respect. Uh, but there are still problems, you know, so the way fans are taken for granted in terms of kickoff times, the way fans are told, you know, so, you know, they, they can't, they've got to make their way home from London at, you know, so half past one on a Sunday night. You guys yourself know how difficult it can be, you know, following football, you know, so clubs around the country. Those kind of things have to change because fans are the lifeblood of this game and we do take them for granted. And hopefully it can be a wake-up call, you know, and the, you know, the Premier League, you know, can say, well, okay, you know, we need to give a little bit in that direction and try and, you know, sort of give a little bit back more than just money, but, you know, so actually treating people, you know, sort of better uh, because, yeah, otherwise we'll end up in a situation again, you know, so, you know, three or four years down the line, if this, you know, can somehow be, uh, you know, sort of stopped and halted in its tracks. Um, I mean, the Premier League on its own i think it's a good product you know it's a great product it's why you know it's so popular the world over uh, and it's why people look at us you know so enviously but equally it's not perfect you know there are lots of you know sort of improvements that can be made and uh, yeah we can learn lessons from this undoubtedly mm. and i suppose phil you know to learn those lessons it just needs to have you know a groundswell of support doesn't it the fans need to unite together behind this you know whether whatever club that the uh, that they follow whether they're one of these six clubs or whether they're one of the other 14 in the premier league or one of the other you know 80 odd in the football league you know that everybody just needs to band together behind this don't they and you know call for call for real change because as i say things weren't perfect before this and this has kind of just shone a light on, on the issues that we already had long standard in this sport yeah and that's why these six clubs have, have used the pandemic as a, as, as a cynical opportunity to, to force through the changes that they want, these self-serving changes. But yeah, no, I think Gary Neville said it last night, didn't he? Or, or, or Cara, it was, you know, it's time to mobilise, isn't it? You know, it was very much a, you know, it was very much a call to arms, wasn't it? And, he, and you know, and he, and he wasn't, he wasn't overselling it. I think he's absolutely right. And, and, and as Preno said, the only, the only, I mean, it's, it's disappointing and sad as it is that fans aren't in the ground at the moment as it is, but fans ultimately are going to have to vote with their feet or do they vote with their wallets in terms of renewing season tickets? Do we, do we, do we vote with our TV subscriptions? You know, do we have to force a TV company to put pressure on football clubs? I don't know. Th something has got to change, but it feels like the last 48 hours have been a, 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 positive, a positive step because the six, although, although they may wish to ignore it, and may to some extent be ignorant. They will be aware of the, of the feeling, and you know, look, we, you know, <laughs> I think it's fair to say that we 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 don't have a great deal of faith in in any Tory government, particularly this one. But at least they they appear to be on board, um, and uh, you know, and on board quickly. So, as I said, FIFA needs to, to to make their stance clear. Premier League will find out today. Maybe when you're listening to this, we will we'll know what they're going to do. Um, 
and let's just I think it's one of those things that can't be can't be uh, put down and 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 allowed to to sort of just drift into uh drift into actually happening because that's what that's what these clubs want they'll just try and weather the storm but the storm needs to keep raging mm. and just to finish off bees you know we'll bring this back full circle to <laughs> everton of course i mean denise barrick baxendale sent an email to supporters shortly after yes. the club released a statement and you know in, involved in an email it was very made very clear that everton were found a member of the football league found a member of the premier league but they're keeping the hands completely completely clean from any any of this kind of stuff and you know, I wrote yesterday that I hope that Everton can be at the heart of whatever changes come uh, from this, and you know that's that's just got to be, if that's got to be the hope, really, hasn't it? You know that that there will be changes, and that Everton can lead the way almost. Yeah, we, we've alluded to it before, didn't we? That that you know, the fact that all previous changes have have, have included this idea of that you know you you go up and down on merit. Nobody's expecting you to be there under any other. Sort of circumstances. Um, I think there was a bit of controversy when when Everton were initially chosen in the football league ahead of Brutal Bootle, their uh, their original uh, Merseyside rivals. But there was quickly a second division established of the football league, and you know it it, it worked its way up to become that that football pyramid scene with the the, the Premier League at a time when um, Everton would be considered part of the, the Big Five, as it was called at at that particular time. They were very much a driving force behind that. Was um, so Philip Carter, but yeah, this is to- this is totally different. Whereas those um, Everton have been proud, found the members of both the Football League and the the Premier League. Uh, they, they, like we said, this is this is completely different, and it flies in the the face of of, of all sporting integrity. Mm. Well, lads, this has been this has been a fantastic <laughs> chat. I mean, it, obviously, it's a it's a very tough issue for uh, for the sport, but I think we've all we've all discussed it really well there. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back. A little bit later in the week to preview some actual football, which will be nice at Everton <laughs> against uh, one of those six clubs, Arsenal. So uh, I'm sure th- this uh, this discussion will probably come up again on that podcast a bit later in the week. But uh, yeah, we- we'll be we'll be back to discuss that game. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts from, and don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. Just search for the Royal Blue Podcast on there, and you'll be able to find us all and uh, ask us any questions that you might have. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.